But again, um, I want to thank all my listeners for listening to the Speak Your Peace podcast. Uh, I am your host, Kaleem Slayton. Um, we have a special guest today, Mr. Raj Gupta. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Raj, and kind of give us a little bit about your background. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Raj Gupta, and I am the bright young nine years old. And um, I have been in the corporate America over the last, I would say, 13 years since I was 17. So, um, so definitely a lot of industry knowledge. I've been in the direct sales as far as selling Kirby vacuum cleaners door-to-door on commission, all the way up to selling merchant services and, and marketing, uh, which that's the, the business that I currently own right now, which is a marketing firm and uh, the CEO of that company. And we've been doing extremely well working with a lot of people um, all over the country. So, Okay, great. So um, anytime I talk to a guest, I don't always want to talk about like the product as in like the finished product. Um, without actually talking about like the process, because I think the process um, is so much more important than than the actual product, because the process is kind of what developed you to get to where you are. You know, so I guess let's where did you where did you get your start? I know you said you were working in, in corporate America at 17 or were you interested in business or marketing even before then? Like, how did you how did you become the who you are today? Wow, that's a great question. So um Starting off, I, I was interested in business since I was a kid. Uh, so I was in middle school, and uh, I grew up in, in Woodland Hills, Los Angeles County area. And um, they they had just shut down like the the sales of like sodas and and candy. And um, so in middle school, I was the type of guy to say, "Hey, if they shut this down, I I think I could sell this before and after school." And there. I'll just go to Smart and Final and, and Costco to, to go get stuff at wholesale and make it mark it up and make a profit. So, and, just, and when, when you mean by like, shut it down, they they, they basically so so yeah, LA Unified School District banned soda, sweets, and candies because at at the time there were so many things going on with obesity with kids. Okay. So there was a law that passed that they would no longer sell anything with like sugar during that period of time. I don't know if they do oh, that wow. now. Yeah, so they did that during that period of time because we were we were going to a school that that was within LA school school district unified. So it, it happened to all of the the middle schools and I think elementary schools during that period of time. Wow, I don't know if I remember that happening over here. Um, so you're 29, I'm 28. Uh, I was in I would have been in middle school and high school. I don't know if I remember that. I do remember selling candy in high school though. Uh, though. Yeah, no, and I, pretty it, much same thing on a Sam's Club and buying it wholesale. Yeah, so that that was that was the start. And and then it evolved from there. Then I would get into a little bit of kind of like reselling shoes and stuff like that. Anything I could do all the way up to till I was about 16, 16 and a half. And then um, end up getting uh, my girlfriend at the time pregnant when I was 16. And then we had the child at at 17, my oldest daughter, whose name is Maya now. And um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what motivated me. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was a whole different, a whole different realm. So I actually dropped out of my last year of high school, okay, and um, and started working. And I started selling Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door on commission. And I was, I was. You talk about flat broke. I was broke. Um, and what was that like? Man, it was a humbling experience. Nothing that I could say describing it with with one word. It would be. It would be an understatement, but it was 
a humbling experience is what I would say. So to deal with a, an insurmount of, of rejection on a day-to-day basis from anybody going door to door is anybody that has the tenacity to be able to do it for as long as I did. And I did it for over seven years. So seven um, years, seven years. So I started as just a canvasser. That's, that's the position as a canvasser where you just go knock doors, set appointments. And then I started doing the presentations, learning the presentations to learn how to sell. And then I learned how to train people. And then I opened up my own franchise and then managed a group of people and managed checkbook and, and got some success with that and, and started to do really well. So I was really able to build up the ladder. And that's where I really learned how to start an organization from, from nothing and just with very limited funds and then being able to build things up from there. I would just, I, I like to consider myself a builder. Um, I like mm-hmm. to build something from nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so interesting, interesting question. Um, again, seven years, a lot of rejection. How important do you think, you know, hearing the word no is when you're trying to like reach your goals? Oh man, you're going to hear the word <laughs> no a million times more than you'll hear a yes. And you have to appreciate that no, because that no is what makes you stronger. That, that no is what makes you a more powerful person because if you know how to take a no, then you'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to appreciate the yes and you'll know what to do with that. Yes. When you, when you, when you get it. So, um, and it's all about listening. It's all about listening to, to the customer's needs and the demand because a lot of times when people are saying no, they're not saying no directly to the idea um, mm-hmm. they're saying no, because they're, they need to know more of what it is that you're, you're, you're trying to portray or what it is that you're selling or whatever it is that you're bringing to the table, whatever that idea is. So, um, it's all about asking the right questions and just depending on where you are. Um, but, but, but to answer your question, you have to hear that, that no, so that way you can perfect your craft. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it really comes down to is really just perfecting your craft because you get to a certain point. And you get to a certain level to where you just understand the dynamics of people and what it is, the product that you're selling. So it's very important that you hear the word no. And, and, and it's also important not to get discouraged when you hear it as well, too. Mm-hmm. And I think many people do get discouraged when they hear the word no. Um, and sometimes, you know, turn their backs on, you know, their dreams and their goals because they've, they've heard the no, you know, one, two or three times. And it just and it's stories like yours that are similar, you know where you hear, you know, success stories of people who heard no a lot early. Um, but, you know, usually no is the stair- staircase to success. Sure. Um, some other stories that, that I've heard is like J.K. Rowling, you know, with her book, Harry Potter. I believe she got denied anywhere from 10 to 18 times by publishers. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the, the only reason she actually got her first opportunity, I believe, uh, if I read it correctly, is one of the publisher's daughter's saw um saw the script for Harry Potter and liked it therefore the publisher went and said okay cool we'll we'll publish this book and then as you know the rest is history yep so you know go ahead and and that's what success stories really are all about if if god really intended it to be easy for everyone and they just get the amount or or level of success without any obstacles to go through then why do we need God? Like what, what, where, where would be the belief or that trust factor come in? Where, where would, where would life 
be even fun because if if it just was just sunny all day, then why would if you know why would we appreciate the nighttime and go to sleep? Like I mean, it's just one of those things. It, we have to have that yin and that yang, that balance in life. And a lot of people don't realize that when you're up and coming, you had and you and you and especially people who are a little bit uh, who are oppressed or or unfranchised or however you mm-hmm. want to depict that people who who don't have like that silver spoon in their mouth they just automatically think the rest of their life is going to be exactly that because that's all they've seen but it doesn't mean that that's going to be the definition because i come from humble beginnings as well too i didn't really have a lot of you know great people in my life to, to mentor me and tell me right from the beginning and say hey you can do anything you want to do in life it really was a, a stepping stone for me to just go out um, and that's where the true I look back and I, I was like I remember like having to eat McDonald's every single day and I, I know, remember do, that, <laughs> that that dollar menu baby it saved my life sometimes. listen the dollar menu got me through some tough nights <laughs> that's it that's it and you and you just and just being concerned about like how, where's your next meal gonna come and all this stuff and working every single day and it's just like you're just working to pay your bills I I, I know oh too well what that feels like and I wouldn't appreciate the nights the same way without being able to reflect on the moments where I'm out having a beautiful steak dinner with lobster and, and, and being able to not really want for anything at this point right now in my life. And, and, and trust me, I'm not, I haven't hit all my goals and the pinnacles and everything that I want to accomplish, mm-hmm. but I'm not where I used to be. And I really, really cherish those moments now that I can do a lot more things now, um, now that I've kind of gotten to a different place in my life. And you and you definitely cherish uh, you definitely cherish it more when you know you really had to 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 work for it. And you remember those dollar menu nights. Um, it's something I heard you know when you speak about you know faith in God and everything. Uh, it's something uh, that I was listening to that I heard where it says um, you know the question is was presented to me uh, as you know what is the opposite of faith, and you know my initial response is well no faith or doubt. And then the person responded and was like, well, you're actually incorrect. The opposite of faith is vision, because if you could see everything that was going to happen, you wouldn't need faith. So I think about that. Exactly. It really stuck with me. You know, so I I used to think about that when I, you know, was eating off the dollar menu or I wanted more and I didn't have it. It's like, you know what, This, this this is what faith is, because you can't see it. You know, your site is telling you, hey, this is how much money is in your pocket. This is this is what your bank account looks like. But it's constantly keeping that vision where it's like for the future was like, you know what, this will this will get better. And I think that's what faith is. And you realize that faith is not doubt because it's okay that you can doubt and still have faith. It's just that the opposite of faith is vision. And you're not always going to see it. Like you said, you just got to, you know, trust, trust in God. And those rainy days make the sunny days so much more. You cherish it so much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you say um, it's something I do want to touch on because I believe uh, it relates it relates to kind of what I've what I've done. You were saying that, you know, you started working um, door to door sales and everything. And then you went and you franchised. Um, you, you went and you franchised your own your company or a, a company in the, from the company you're already working at. Yeah, so I went and franchised my own company. So you have the ability to to build out and build your own organization of sales reps doing the same exact thing. So I was able to do that 
um, right at the age of 21. So from, from 17, it took me probably about three years to kind of build up to be able to do it. And I started at, at the age of 21. So, um, yeah, I had a nice organization doing, doing really well numbers, hitting a lot of different awards and accolades with the company. And um, I learned a lot about business, some of the things to do and what not to do. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. No, nope. reason. Oh no! I was saying I just said uh huh because I I get it. That's <laughs> yeah. When you when you first when you first start off, you you kind of learn you know what to do and what not to do very quickly. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And it was trial and error, and it was one of those things to where I really cherished the experience and made a lot of money. One trips all over the all over the world to 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 be able to travel with on the company based upon some of the the record setting. Um, accomplishments that I was able to accomplish with the the company and, and having that franchise. So I'm really proud and pleased um, to to have been a part of that organization for as long as I was. So you know, um, so you know, I speak about you. You know, you say you're able to franchise and in a similar kind of to not only what I've what I've done, but also what I speak to mentees about, where it's like, you know, wherever you are, learn as much as you can, because you never know when that's going to come back in handy. You were able to go from door to door sales, you know, um, achieve high sales at it, and then had the opportunity to franchise uh, to franchise um, something of your own. Similar to my situation, where I started working in um, social work and things of that nature, realized that we needed another inspection company or another inspector, and realized we didn't have any. Learned everything I could learn, went and got, and then created a company from what I had learned from the place I was already at. Wow, that's awesome. And, and that's how my company got its got its start. Similar to like, okay, cool. Because when I when I got there, you know, I didn't think about kind of like starting, you know, another another business at the time. But when you are where you where you were supposed to be, and you're encountering problems, and usually that's how opportunities come when you encounter those problems, and you say, "Okay, cool. How do I fix this? Or how do I grow from here?" Sure. Um, now you say, "No, you know, you say you were dead broke. You're working, everything like that, um, and you know, you had a child, and you knew you had to provide. You needed to take care of your daughter. Uh, would you say that is your why? Like that's what that's what really forced you to to work so hard over those seven years?" Or was there another motivating factor? Um, yes, I would say yes, absolutely. I, I have three beautiful children now. Um, now that I've congrats, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, initially that was my main, that was my core motivation, just to be able to provide because I would never want to bring somebody in this world that I couldn't be able to, to at least provide the necessities of life. And um, seventeen, not having a, a thinking I, I knew everything. And that's the thing. I thought I knew everything about the world and I thought I knew everything about myself and realizing that I knew very little um, now. And there's so much more to learn even still where I'm at now. But I would say that that was my core motivation that all I knew is that I needed to make money. And I knew mm-hmm. that I, I didn't have a skill. I didn't have a trade. And really, I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to do, but I just knew that I wanted to own my own business. And that's, mm-hmm. that's all I knew. So um, right from the beginning, I was just motivated to be able to, to have any level of success that I could obtain. And, and as quickly or, or as long as it took, I was willing to do whatever it took to, to get it done. 
and that's and that's big um and that's and honestly that's 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 what it takes um you know so you know you have your daughter um you know your, your dad broke you know your seven years did you now you said you dropped out in senior in your senior year did you ever end up going back i i did i ended up going back online um a few years later after i opened up my company um so when i want to say when i was about 22 years old i ended up getting my uh my high school diploma so Okay, and did you uh, did you attend any other schooling after that? Um, I did do a little bit of business schooling, but I did not complete it. I just did probably my first year um, online as well too. I didn't complete. I didn't complete it now. Okay, so my question would be, uh, how important would you say schooling? It well, you know, you got middle school, you know, you got high school, everything. How would you? How important would you say post high school schooling is or secondary? Um, schooling is to um, a person's like growth. Is it is it very important? Is it kind of important? Does it depend on what you're looking to do? How, how would how would you say how how important would you say schooling is after after high school? Oh, uh, that's a great question. So, I think schooling is important for for I think everybody. I, I would mm -hmm. not recommend to do it the route that I did. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do it because it's, it's also a big risk as well too. Mm -hmm. But um, I would also say that it depends on the individual because a lot of people underestimated me because of my educational background, because of um, where I come from, this color of my skin, who I am as a person or how I, how I carried myself. A lot of people continue to underestimate me. Um, and with that being said, that motivated me even more to prove them wrong. Um, because it wasn't so much about pride. It was more about who I, who I know that I am. And I think that was the most important thing is, is who individuals believe themselves. And, and it's all about empowerment of, of one's mind. So although I didn't go to, you know, a Ivy league school or, or a four year college or whatever the case may be, but I did do a lot of reading. I did do a lot of studying. I did do a lot of research, um, probably more than the average college student because I was so hungry for that knowledge um, mm -hmm. and all the extra time that it took to do that. I was willing to do it because it translated into money for me right away. So I was even more motivated to do it because I would pick up like, well, I didn't know how to sell right at 17. So I started reading books. I started going to seminars. I started really picking it up and started to, to really go through that process. So, um, although that people may not go to college or if they do not go to college, I still think self-education is extremely important. Um, if, if you decide not to take that route, but I think it, it's, I think education itself, reading, um, continuing to keep up on your craft, I think is extremely important in any industry that you're in, regardless of whether you're a doctor, obviously you're going to have to continue to keep up on that. But if you're even an electrician, you still have mm -hmm. to keep up on, on new things as well, too. So it doesn't matter what what caliber, what career you're in, what path you've taken. I think keeping up on the things that are important to you are, is, is extremely important. So and I, I think you touched on something that many people don't talk about enough. Um, and and I and I really and I really I just never hear it. It's um, you said self-education. And I think that is very, very important. And I've never spoke about it before. Um, and I don't hear people t speak about it, but that is that is such an important, that's self-education. Because I think many times we put the onus on others to teach us. 
but our education is our responsibility. Oh, absolutely. And, I feel like we could have a podcast just talking about that. Exactly. <laughs> I, had, I had never thought about it until you, until you just mentioned it, where it's like, you're right, you know, self-education, like your own self-education. And you said, you know, I went to seminars. Like that's investing in yourself. And many times we, we you know, we hold ourselves back because we put our learning and um, our education on the onus of other people. But that's, that's us. It's self-education and you have to invest in yourself. You went to seminars um, to like better yourself. Like, and when I, and now when I think about people uh, or when I speak to people, that's going to be a big question that I ask. Like, okay, cool. You know, what, how are you investing in yourself? Are you, are you reading books? Are you going to seminars? Are you reaching out to people for advice or to ask questions? Whatever, whatever you're, are you doing the necessary steps to, to educate yourself in whatever you're trying to accomplish? And that's a whole different podcast we could talk about all day, but that is extremely important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's good to hear that people are, are, are looking or even listening to this podcast. I think people are reaching out and they're looking for something. And sometimes you don't, you're, you're gravitating towards something. You have no idea what it is, but then you just hear that one thing. I think that's, I feel like that's my purpose in life is to be able to just give somebody just one thing you can learn or you can pick up on or, or something that you can really grasp towards helping empower yourself or becoming a better you because we're always looking as, as people to evolve and get better. And there's always some work that we can do regardless of whether we will admit it or not. But, yep. Um, I think, the biggest thing is that try to take something away to, to really start to chip at it. And it's not going to be like, I think people nowadays are looking for that instant gratification because we have it so much in every, in our day-to-day life. But when it comes to something that's truly valuable, it will take a little bit of time to really, to really get to that point. And, and one thing I will say is that, you know, I didn't earn six figures. I didn't make any, real money until I really started to really master my craft. And that took like, probably there was always some learning figured out how to make money on each level that I was at, like as a, as a beginning phase, as, as like, you know, canvasser and then, then like Mm -hmm. a dealer and the manager, um, how to manage people. And then there was some, some educational, some stumbling blocks during that period of time, but it really did start to make money until I, I really had my own ownership. Right. Right. And that's real money. Um, and, and that was really the true gift to really see, OK, I'm I'm working the same, but I'm not working physically the same way. I'm working mentally um, exactly. in a different capacity. And when I really started to see that on, on a mental level capacity, that's when I started to grow as a person because I learned how to become di- more disciplined. It wasn't it was it was me that I had to, to take into account. But um, but yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think as you as you elevate, I think it forces you and pressures you to function at a higher level, because when you're just working, you know, for yourself, you really only have to think for yourself. However, as you start to elevate, you have to think not just for yourself, but for others, you have to become more efficient, more effective. So it literally forces you to be like to get to a point where it's just like, OK, cool. I need to be able to manage all this. And I can't just think for myself as a leader, as an owner, um, especially if we're going to own something, I need to be able to think, well, not myself, not just myself, but my business, as well as my partners and employees. And if you want to be successful, it definitely forces you to do those things. Um, 
So let's switch. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, you wrote a book. Yes. Oh, when did you have the idea for writing a book? Um, so, yeah, great, great. And, and, and so, the name of it is How to Make Six Figures in Corporate America. Earning Six Figures. Uh, earning. Exactly. Earning six, no worries, no worries. Um, earning Six Figures in Corporate America Without a Degree. And it will be available. Uh, it's available now on Amazon, um, as well as Barnes and Nobles and my website, groupdivision.com. So, um so uh, the inspiration really came from uh, me going through a very, very difficult time in life. So um, this was about almost almost two years ago. My my wife and I, um, who we've been married for seven years at the time, we were going through a separation. She decided to separate. Um, full transparency it was is more so on my end um, with a little bit of indis- indiscretions, and, and mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast as well, too. Uh, yep, sure is <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but yeah, that was my motivation to just like, okay, I'm really, I've, I've hit a level of success. I'm, I was content. We purchased the property, American dream. We have two kids, you know, and, and I was just, I was just in a different place mm-hmm. um, to where I was unhappy with myself um, because I hit all the goals that I wanted to hit. And I didn't, I, I didn't, I was reading books but I wasn't as hungry as I was before. Mm-hmm. And me being in a place of uncomfortable, being, becoming uncomfortable was where it was just like, okay, how can I, what is it that I'm missing? I had to really do some, some digging, some, some deep digging on what it was that I was looking for. And what I was looking for was for me to be able to, to give something to, to others. And I was looking to, to, give the knowledge that I acquired over the years, the principles that I had over the years to be able to help others get to a better place in life. And I realized that I was not doing that where I was at. Um, so, and, and just kind of pedaling back just a little bit, just so you can have a little bit more premise. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I started that franchise, I ended up leaving that franchise and then selling it off. Um, and then I started getting into, from direct sales into marketing, which is the opposite um, and I had absolutely no knowledge on, on marketing. So I worked for a marketing firm for about three years, figured all that stuff out, and then decided I wanted to, to open up my own. And that's the company that I own now um, and been having a, a, a tremendous amount of success with that. And before starting that marketing company two years ago, what had happened and transpired was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went through just a, a, a spiral of, de- of like depression and then like just all that stuff was hitting all at the same time. All of that was hitting all at the same time. And I really had to do some inner searching and inner peace and really finding what it was that I wanted to do. And I said, you know what? I want to start writing a book. I just want to start writing. So I, I wrote this book. I was in the process. I started another book. Um, that I'm working on right now, and I actually wrote an album as well too. So all I did was just okay, write, like a, a, a <laughs> year of just just writing, and I realized that I found a new passion, which is which is writing, which is bizarre because I never used to like to write before. Um, I would write things in my notebooks, and then I would have like a my vision board and stuff like that, and I would write things down there. And but I I wasn't like a writer, so for me to be able to express everything in writing was, was a new passion that I found. And I knew that 
I, there, there's there's something I can give with my writing, I guess. So there's three things that I, you know I want to touch on. The first thing is you know usually when I when I'm speaking to people or mentees or whatever the case is, you know I I, my, I usually start off my conversation like who are you, and the response I usually get is I'm a student. Um, my name is this. My name is that. But when I, my response to those people are you know, no, who does your spirit say you are? Like, I know, I know, I know your name. I know you're maybe a student. Uh, so that may be your role, but who, who does your spirit tell you you are? So when I hear you say, you know, in the beginning of the conversation, I'm a builder, like, you know, like you, 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 you're not sure exactly what it is, but you, you know that you like to build stuff. Um, and when I hear you say things like, um, I love giving someone, you know, a, a, something, a piece where they can grow something, something to help them grow or something to help them be successful. Like that, that, that's a part of like exactly like who you are. And so it's always, so it's interesting to see that, you know, you, you, you know, that you know who your inner self is, you know, that you're a builder, you know, you love, if you can just give someone, you know, something or, or to prosper or to be successful that you generally get, get fulfilled from that, even in writing. The second yeah. thing is, um, uh, you know, with when you were going through like um, a separation and everything like that, mental health is really big in 2020. Um, is more and more talked about each and every day. How are you? What did What did you do to like find peace? Well, you found you found writing. You found peace through writing. But is there anything else you did to kind of cope or kind of get through that? Man, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I know black people have a stigma about therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, man. If I, I don't, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have a therapist. So I would, I, I'm not gonna get my therapist's name, but, <laughs> but yeah, therapy is is extremely, extremely important. And now that my wife and I, we we re- recently reconciled, um, so we still go to therapy now, and it's still helpful, even though we're in a a, a three eighty compared to where we were at when we were getting separated to where we can even talk to each other. So um, now, you know, we're, we're best of friends again, but um, it's one of those things to where therapy is, um, is extremely important anytime, even just to just day to day, you don't have to be going through anything traumatic just to have somebody to be able to, to dig in and dive deep and be transparent with is important because a lot of people don't have it. And you know, I didn't realize that I struggled with anxiety for many years and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just part of being who I was. To where uh-huh. I was <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, having someone to really just like, no, 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 that's, that's not okay. Um, and here's what we can do to, to, to fix this or to attack this and work on this and give you kind of some takeaways on things that you can work on to be, be-, be a better you. I would say that, you know, mental health is extremely important. And even if you think you don't have a problem, you probably want you know, just take a look into that and be be transparent with yourself because a lot of people have like the stigma of like what will other people think. Um, and we, we care a lot about what others think. And at that point in my life, I didn't care what anybody else thought anymore. For, for many years, I'll, I'll be the first mm-hmm. one to tell you, I always cared about what people thought about what I was wearing, what I looked like, what I sounded like. All that stuff. Now it's just I rather just be transparent and be who I am, and the people around will like me for me. Um, and that's an amazing feeling to get to. Yeah. And um, so yes, to answer your question, therapy was very you know going to church as well too. That I, I 
had a very deeper when you go through stuff that are traumatic that's traumatic and you're uncomfortable i think that's god's way of getting your attention because that's truly where i really developed a better relationship than what i had before so i think that that's important mm-hmm. so um i, I agree 100 percent when you talk about therapy i've been to therapy myself um like you know, going and being able to speak to someone with a complete transparency. Um, it's definitely helped me. I know. Now, lastly, uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of, you know, turning pain into power. And like you were going through, you know, separation and everything like that. And from that pain and struggle that you were going through, you found an outlet through writing, similar to myself. And you say, like, you know, you never thought about writing before. Um, it had never, like, really crossed your mind. And then you started doing it. And it was just like, okay, cool. I like this. Like, I can do this. Um, so from your, from, from your book, um, Earning Six Figures in Corporate America uh, without, a, without a degree, uh, what would you say is your favorite part of that book um my favorite part of that book um i'm able to talk i'm able to to thank people while they're still alive um and and one of those things is i I wrote the book before my grandmother passed away and i actually dedicated it to her janae dubois um my grandmother who um She's actually my, my she, I'll just say this. She, she's actually my great grandmother. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she, she, I wish I would have been able to, to get her a copy in her hand before she passed. So, um, but I'm, I was able also to thank several other people who have been mentors to me. Um, a good buddy of mine, um, Nate Brush, Mike Lurch, Mike Larry, uh, my wife, um, the mother of my firstborn, Angel Johnson. So I was able to really thank and appreciate them um, publicly, saying how much they they impacted my life, and to thank them because a lot of times we don't we don't really appreciate the people that are there in the trenches with you. We don't really appreciate the people who really invested in you earlier on. Like my, you know, I talked a little bit about my grandparents towards the end, thanking them as well too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was my favorite part of the book to be able to put something together that's going to help others, but also publicly thank them as well too. Cause you know, without family, I, I think you, um, you need to put your family first. And, and for me, um, I think it, it's just extremely important to make sure that people get recognized because we always give their flowers at someone's eulogy or funeral. So to be able to, to thank people, and to really appreciate them while they're still alive is, I think, is extremely, uh, it's important. It's important. So, Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, um, similar, again, similar situation, you know, we both took our pain and our struggle and we, and then we made it into a book. What was your, so, you know, for people who are interested in writing a book um, or had, had that crossed their mind, you know, we're just going to go through some of the things like the writing process. Um, sure. What was your writing process like? Basically, how, how often did you write? 
Um, like how how did you how did you start out? And then I'll uh, go and say how I started out, and we'll we'll compare. Sure. So I started out just writing out um, the chapters that I wanted to write. It, it was weird because I almost like started backwards to the to the beginning. So I started out with just like the chapters that I wanted to write. How how lengthy I wanted the book to be then like the expectations. I just kept cutting things out and just like wanting to add it to the next book. So um, my process was, I would, I would never recommend my process because like <laughs> for, like hours and hours throughout the day and just stayed in the house and like Postmates and Uber Eats all the time and just like wrote for like days on days on days. And mm -hmm. then like I went through the editing pro once it was complete to where I felt like I had enough meat in it. And then I went through the editing process and realized I wanted to take some stuff out and then like rewrote some of the stuff. So it was a process. I would say it was probably um, a seven to eight month process before I had like a finished product um, and what I was pleased and happy with. Um, but needless to say, I do have a few other books that will be kind of some trilogies to, to this particular book because I realized that it's good to have some of the principles that I have. And this is kind of like an overview, but I want to get a little bit more direct on like how to interview uh, for a job that you want and what is the sales training look like and what are some of the things that you can really pick up on. So I realized that I had a lot in the first book and I kind of portioned it out now to where I have like a few of the books that will come um, from that. So um, I'm really excited about that. As you should be. So mine was a little different. Um, I actually didn't even start off thinking I would write a book. Um, you know, when my when my younger brother passed, um, I just needed an outlet, and I didn't know how to to get those emotions and those feelings out. Um, you know, because I had spoken to him that morning, and then now I'm sitting here, you know, and now he's not here, and it's just like it. I I I I, I couldn't comprehend it. Um, so what I started off doing is. I didn't have to be to work until eight. So I would go into the office at like 6 a.m. every morning. Office still a little dim with just a lamp on. And I would just type maybe five or 10 sentences a day. And then each day I would just type five. Some days I might delete a few sentences, but I would just type five to 10 sentences a day um, about what I was feeling or if I was mentoring somebody, you know, what would I tell them about what I was going through? And then the more and more I did that each and every day, the more and more I had to write. And by, um, by a month's time, then I was going in and writing almost a whole, a whole chapter in a, in a day because it's just like I had so much to say because it just became habit. And my whole process took about a year. And then, you know, I had enough similar, enough bulk in the book to send it to an editor. And the editor was like, okay, cool. You know, I like it. Um, everything like that. But, she, but then she said, um, you know, you're talking about scenarios, but where's the emotion? And I was like, you know, what do you mean? And she's like, I mean, I know what happened, but you're not speaking about exactly how it made you feel. What were your thoughts? And instantly I was like, hmm, like, so you want me to be like completely transparent? And she was like, well, yes, because that's what the reader wants to know. So my similar to yours, so my process took about a year. And after I got it edited, I had to go back and re rewrite. And not re really rewrite, but also just add my own personal emotion into it um, so that the real reader could really understand my thoughts and my emotions exactly how I was feeling. Um, and then again, once that was done, 
you know, from after a year, I was able to go and go and get it published and everything. Now, did you go through a publisher or did you self-publish? Uh, I do have a publisher. So, yes, I did go through a publisher and they picked it up. So, okay. And what was that process like going through a publisher? Um, it was definitely a process to where I was just like, I didn't know what to expect, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I was just like, okay, um, what's, here's the, the manuscript, here's what I have, what's the next steps? And then they kind of walked me through the process, gave me a, a, an agent and all that stuff. And, and we got contracts and all that stuff done. And then they kind of gave me a game plan on how it's going to be marketed and all that stuff and what they're going to be doing and the prints and all that stuff. So it's, it's definitely a process. Um, it's not like you could just, here's the book and then just expect for it to be out or anything like that it's definitely a process and I didn't know what to expect but it was definitely um a process that I would definitely go through again and and recommend that if anybody is to do it to definitely be committed to that process and understand that you're you're learning something new so um it was all new information for me I was excited every step of the way because it was something new so and I would say and that's definitely great information I would say to the listeners, I ended up self-publishing, um, well, actually publishing through my own publishing company. So I made a pub, I LLC my publishing company and then published it through my own personal company. But I basically gotcha. self, self-published. Um, yeah. And I can tell you that process, if, <laughs> if you don't have someone coaching you through it, it is uh, very confusing and very, 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 very difficult. Um, thanks to, to my... Uh, my editor, Melanie, she really helped me um, from the copywriting to getting the barcodes to promoting it to um, selling it to ordering copies, everything like that. Um, it's a completely different process, um, doable. But I will say if you if you are going to if you don't go with the publishing, you do decide to self-publish, definitely get someone who's been through the process because it will save you a lot of money and time. Yes. Um, <laughs> And I definitely, you know, I definitely in a process, you know, wasted money in the beginning because I, because I didn't know. Um, so yes, that is <laughs> whether you self-publish or you go through a publisher, um, definitely get someone who, who, who knows what they're doing, who's going through the process and understand that, you know, Rache, you don't have to be a writer to write a book. Uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't a writer. And Raj uh, was very interested in, in business and growing. And you say you weren't a writer in school, were you? Oh no, not not by far. <laughs> I was very, I was very far from a writer. I could barely me, spell me, my name, man. <laughs> me, 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 and you both. Me and you. I could do math. I could do math. Um, I could, I could do people. Everything like that. I was not in a writing. So don't think you got to be a writer to to write a book. You know that's why you have other people who come in and, and help you as far as editor, editors, publishers, and everything like that. Um, so now you wrote about uh, corporate America, uh, two questions. What, what do you like most about corporate America? And what do you like least about corporate America? And then after we, you know, we discuss this, we can kind of wrap up and everything. So what would you say sure. you appreciate most? And what would, you, what would you say you appreciate most? And what would you say you appreciate the least in corporate America? Yeah. Uh, one thing about corporate America I really enjoy is that when you get to a position of, of manager level uh, or position of power, CEO, whatever level you're at, um, 
you have the opportunity to make the adjustment or make a change. Um, for me, it was always, you know, growing up in California and then, and then later on moving to, to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and it's tied into all of the same. One thing that I do like is just being able to create opportunities for people um, who are, who, who look like me, African-Americans or, or people who um, being able to create those opportunities, those job opportunities for them um, and give them opportunities and, and people from all walks of life, different colors and races, but traditionally um, I like to, to create opportunities for everybody, but I do like to create opportunities for, for people who don't, may not be afforded those same opportunities. Uh, I'll leave it at that. That's what I do like about corporate America mm -hmm. um, for me. Uh, but one thing I don't like <laughs> it's kind of tied along the same things and um to say this creatively is the fact that there's always going to be a stigma um or an opinion regardless and i feel like as an african-american i've had to work three times as harder um than than others to to be able to try to revert from that stigma um and again going back to where i am now um, I really don't care about anybody else's opinion because anybody else's opinion is not my reality. Um, but for many years, it did matter. So if I was to say anything to anybody else, again, on this podcast, um, don't let somebody else's opinion of you become your reality because it's not. And you have the ability to, to have that drive and ambition for your own reasons. And, and, and that's, I'll leave it at that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great answer. Um, again, definitely don't let someone's opinion of you become uh, your reality, because like you said, it's, it's not. Um, again, Raj, great conversation, great content. Um, so much more um, from your story that we could actually like touch on on future podcasts, everything. Um, if someone wants to either learn more about your company or, you know, order the book, uh, you just kind of want to, you know, do an outro and kind of tell them how they can get in contact with you as well as how can they purchase uh, your book as well? Yes, you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, um, or you can go to my website is guptavision.com. And or you can follow me on Instagram, which is guptavision33. And you can reach me there. And I'm always posting content or any information about my uh, books or any endeavors or anything like that. Or if you just want to connect with me. Feel free. The book, again, is called Earning Six Figures in Corporate America Without a Degree. And my name, again, is Raj Gupta. And uh, I really, tr I, I really, really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity, claim and, and definitely thank you for having me. No, I definitely appreciate you coming on and um, not just speaking, um, speaking truthfully um, and being completely transparent, but also um, just telling, telling your story so that others can relate. Um, again, uh, everybody, this is Raj Gupta. Uh, we want to thank him for joining the Speak Your Peace podcast. Definitely look out for this episode coming to the Speak Your Peace podcast Instagram at underscore underscore Speak Your Peace. That is peace spelled P-E-A-C-E. -E. want to thank you all for listening in. I am your host, Kaleem Slayton, guest Raj Gupta. And we want to thank you and have a blessed day. Hey, man, I... Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, definitely great content. Um, appreciate it. I still haven't met you in person yet. 
I know I'll yeah, come we, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. We, we definitely got to meet. Um, let's uh, let's try to uh, link up again, man. Definitely love to do it again sometime soon, brother. No, we definitely, definitely will. I believe um, Beanie said she may be having something at her house um, sometime in October. Um, so if you come, then I'll definitely see you there. Um, she okay. invited me out the other night, um, but I ended up going to go watch the Lakers game with a lady okay. friend of mine. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> so that was that, that was kind of my night. But um, yeah, man, nah, great content. Nah, I appreciate it. No worries, brother. Anytime, man. Let me know um, if you need anything else, man. Definitely uh, shoot me um, uh, your book info as well, too, because I know that you do have a book. Um, Beanie had mentioned it to me, but I'd definitely love to read that, too, man. Yes, and I'm going to purchase your book uh, as well. Like you say Amazon, right? Amazon. Yeah, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. I'll send you the link so that way you can have that as well, too. Okay, yeah, definitely send me the link, and then I'll send you the link, too. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll link soon, man. I appreciate it. I'll also let you know when I'm going to release the episode. It'll be within the next, um, if not next week, the following week. Okay, cool, man. Just let me know. All right, I appreciate it, man, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for your time. All right, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Bye.